0: My heart's beating quite fast. <laughs> there you are.
1: You know, very
0: professional. Shoobadoop. I like the song. Huh? Hello, <laughs> and welcome to VT's brand spanking new podcast series. I'm Daisy Doctor, and I'll be running proceedings today. To discuss all things media with me, I'll be joined by two of BT's absolute finest, Editor in Chief David Hovenden. Good
1: afternoon, Daisy. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you, David? Very well indeed. And online and print editor Jonathan Bastic.
2: It's an absolute pleasure for you to have me here.
0: <laughs> First, cab off the rank, we're going to chew the fat and dissect the biggest news in media from the last few weeks O Media's acquisition appetite. Have you guys heard about this and their acquisition trail?
1: How many times unlucky in love can O
2: media be we ask? The biggest problem they probably have is a certain thing called the AC and a person called Mr. Sims who believes it's all anti-competitive so as much as they have an appetite for it, they'd probably have to play by the rules and sadly for them at the moment it does seem to be fairly anti-competitive what they're trying to do. Of course the latest news today is that
1: perhaps News Corp is eyeing off Channel 7 so the uh, the mergers and acquisitions are coming up plenty at the moment.
0: Speaking of speculation, what um, what, what about Martin Sorrell and WPP? It's been almost a month since he stepped down and yet still no evidence of why or kind of any transparency within his resignation.
2: John, what do you think uh, Sir Martin got up to? Well, he, he has a history of paying himself like £100 million di- uh, bonuses every year, but I guess when you own the company, you can do that. I think the probably thing and the great mystery about this is WPP has been very silent on this, so both here in Australia and overseas. There hasn't been sort of too much official stuff coming out. So well, that just leads to gossip, doesn't it? And once mm-hmm. once there's no sort of official statements or anything sort of, you know, is indistinguishable, b and has repeatedly speculated about things. But uh Well, Sir Martin's
1: pouring petrol on the, uh, on the fire there himself. He keeps saying that uh, we've not seen the last of him and that uh, he may well be coming back before you know it.
0: Where do you think he'll uh, turn up, the two of you? Where would you like to see him? It's, he's a
2: very wealthy man, he's 73 years of age. If I was a very wealthy man at 73, I'd just stay at home and polish my OBE medal. I don't really... But he's clearly, you know, he, you know, he, for all his credit and all his due, he's, he, you know, he's probably the global spokesman for the media and advertising industry in the world. So, you know, his reputation now is now slightly tarnished. Uh, you know, undoubtedly, if he does turn up again, it will be, and he's always said, it will be a media focus with a heavy tech focus. So what that means is anyone's guess,
1: really. Well, he's had a history of uh, acquisitions, so we can only assume he's going to buy something and what that will be. He said
0: he was interested in the travel space today.
2: I was unaware of that, Daisy.
1: It's because you
0: didn't read my article, John. Oh,
2: right. Clearly, I need to read B&T more. Um, I didn't see that one, so... He
0: said uh, travel and science are the two two areas that are interesting him most. In um, a recent keynote speech he did in New York on Tuesday... And
1: Geography has been the other Geography.
3: one
0: too. Moving right along to Facebook's next move. Facebook has plans to launch a dating app. Do you think that they're shooting themselves in the foot considering all of their issues with data and invasiveness?
2: To be fair, I think it's probably a good idea. They, they, as we all know and what's it all come out, they know a hell of a lot about us. so they certainly know if you're single. So um, why not play in the dating space? You know, so I'm single man. On, I'm on Facebook. I'd you know. I'd like You're to
1: swiping meet... right to Facebook. Yeah.
2: Is is that what I should do? Um. I'd look forward to meeting some suitors via Facebook.
0: Would you rather feel... than, rather than
2: currently stalking them? I'd like to be introduced <laughs> to booth without the r- feel... risk of an AVO. So yes.
0: Media paywalls and advertising. It seems like more and more publications are updating their subscription models. What do you guys make of? this heavy?
2: One, as a journalist, I think it's a good idea. I think people should pay for content, but as a user of all these sites, I don't like paying for it, so it's a great juxtaposition there. As they probably say, you know, it's getting a bit old now, I think your 15-year free free trial is over, you've got to start paying. I notice news particularly have really ramped it up, but you only need to look at, you know, Nielsen data we get every month, the B&T of of the online sites doing well, and the ones who are doing very well, news.com.au is not behind a paywall, ABC at two is not behind a paywall, I think subscriptions at uh,
1: Fairfax, at uh, sorry at uh, the
2: Australian are surging by all accounts? So, uh, I guess it's you know. isn't it? it's the eyeballs versus ad model, you know if you can if you can sustain it through you know if you're getting half a million readers now when you put a payable and you're only get a hundred thousand readers, can you know you've got a there's probably brighter minds at News and Fairfax et etc who've worked out that business model. so.
0: What about some new campaigns? Have you guys had a look at all the crazy new campaigns in the We Adland? love a
2: crazy campaign at b love- No one yeah. loves a crazy campaign like B&T.
0: let's, let's t So let's start with Icon Sydney's Smash and Avo campaign. Have you guys seen it?
3: Australian avocados make everything Aussie better. Brekkie, better. Bodies, better. Cue the Jackman, better.
1: Well, not only have I seen it, Daisy, but I love it. Do you? Ooh. Why do you love Anything it? Anything avocado. Well, you know, it's got uh, Hugh Jackman smeared all over the I don't face. think
0: it is Hugh Jackman, you know. Stace says it's Hugh Jackman. Okay, then. let's believe Can you that. say it's
2: Hugh Jackman without it being Hugh Jackman? I ask. You'd have to think of the price of avocados as you see them at the moment. They've got a big marketing budget. You know, when you're paying five bucks for an avocado, there's plenty of cash to be spread around here.
1: Well, it's my understanding that uh, there's actually an avocado shortage, so why are we advertising something we can't get enough of anyway? Right. Of maybe, yeah,
0: Do you bit... think that the, the whole uh, smashed avocado is a bit tired and exhausted now? Now that
1: well, apparently not. Australia's uh, love affair with the avocado continues. Uh, mm. We consume 3.2 kilos of avocado a year on average now compared to 2.6 the year before.
0: So, And uh, moving along well, to... What are cultural oh.
2: facts today, David?
1: I mean,
0: it's
2: <laughs> John, you know my passion yeah. for vegetables and fruit. Root crop vegetables, I know, David. Mm.
0: So what about Deadpool 2's latest advertising push using the likes of David Beckham? Who
2: are you rooting for? England. Yeah, but after they
0: lose,
2: here comes Canada.
0: Got some Eurovision talk.
2: Canada, we've been snubbed by that European sing-song competition thingy you guys lose your shit over. Our generous gift of Celine Dion alone should earn us an invite. And don't give me that crap about Canada not being part of the European family. You let in Australia, and they're barely on the planet. Well, it stops now, Europe. You've awakened a sleeping moose. Look, I thought that was just a
1: wonderful example of some really clever script writing and taking advantage of the moment. Uh, Australia, of course, gets a good shout-out. Tourism Australia won't be unhappy to have uh, Ryan Reynolds. Is it Ryan Reynolds?
0: It is Ryan Reynolds. Excellent. Uh, Canadian.
1: Yes, um, saying Australia's barely part of the world.
2: I hate to admit this, I haven't seen Deadpool One, but I've seen all the ads. And when you look at a marketing strategy and a social media strategy, and it's all very funny and clever. And, and the promotion they're getting out this film from this guy is just absolutely phenomenal. So you know, there's probably lessons in that for all marketers. So
0: I have, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the first round of marketing and advertising for Deadpool was used out of a crowd funded budget because the actual studio wasn't interested in making the film. So it's been very much driven by Ryan Reynolds being hilarious, as opposed to crazy big.
2: Mm. The facts I'm learning today: not only the crazy three point two kilos of avocados, eh? The marketing strategy of per Deadpool one. Sorry, per year. Oh, per, per year. Day. Sorry, I'd like That's to correct like like myself on that.
0: So now Ogilvy Melbourne's latest work with Amy, having said goodbye to Rhonda and Katut four years ago, apparently. What do you guys make of this new ad?
3: Hey, Camilla. OK, Camilla, remember, defend, connect, protect. Defend, connect,
2: protect! Uh, I would think if you worked in a creative agency, one of the worst briefs you'd get would be life insurance and trying to make that interesting. And that would probably... Other than probably funeral homes or something, really the worst brief you could get. So, yeah, definitely they've done a good job. Amy, traditionally, and, and you're getting back to Rhonda and Couture, a know, great history of, you know, great ads. Funnily enough... If you do look at you know, you know what's that captain guy that does the other insurance ads? Captain Risky. It's you know, as B brands were always the great brand to have. Now everyone's making insurance ads funny, so it's probably lots of deep pockets, Johnny. Lots, lots of deep, deep pockets. pockets.
0: Mm. What did you make of the Amy one?
1: Look, I thought it was a, a great piece of work. Um, you know, I mean Ogilvy Melbourne have just uh, done a, a marvelous job with Amy for such a long time now that they really know the brand. They really know the proposition that they're doing. So and they know they're allowed to have a bit of fun. So. You know, they go out there and mm. do some crazy stuff. Of course we've had um the cheeky little pussycat and the ads earlier this year <laughs> as well. For the home the home insurance, yeah. home contents insurance. So
2: mm. Well there's a message here. All the all the ads that we are remembering are the funny, crazy ones, aren't they? So mm. that's right. What does that say about advertising? Be funny and crazy. That's right.
0: Yeah. B t- shtick. Funny and crazy. And intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along.
2: There's other if you want intelligence, there's other media sites to read. You don't have to read Ben
0: Clemen just Sydney 's new TVC for Doritos Crackers, where he stretches the cracker to launch the crackers. What are you doing, Dave? Launching Doritos Crackers, Janet. Doritos Crackers
2: just landed. Great, when it first arrived and I clicked on the link, I thought, this is an overseas ad. This is really high production, high value, slightly nutty. Uh, my only concern... It sort of plays at that sort of overweight young guy, Dorito-eating eat, ad. I didn't really know it was advertising. It was probably the only – it was some sort of new Doritosy thing. But by the end of it, after the two and a half minutes, I went, well, I'm not, not really sure what I'm being sold here. Clever ad, really. really.
1: Well, Doritos I just, crackers, surely, John. Is us. that what it was? all yeah. oh, right. Mm. That was a product shot at the end.
2: Was it?
3: Yeah. Oh.
0: To uh, fit with the theme of today's guests, our last ad that we're going to talk about is Cummins & Partners' new campaign for spec savers, which includes an actual eye test that viewers can take part in from the comfort of their couch.
1: This ad contains over 15 mistakes.
2: Hey, kids. Looks like the old cubby house has just been turned into a magical princess dream
0: castle. <laughs> Have
2: you guys seen it? Brilliant ad, very funny. But Spectator's ad's always been funny, so they're certainly playing that which fine. I thought it was really good work from for Cummins and Partners. One of the, yeah, it was really clever, well done, funny, engaging.
1: I definitely preferred it to the one where Ian Healy does the voiceover and the man puts the uh,
2: avocado down his trousers. David, I haven't, the, David, the, I haven't the, seen that. But avocado knowledge day has been absolutely <laughs> unprecedented. Didn't you? Uh, first B&T, first it with the cricket? avocado news. Was it was on
1: every second ad break during the cricket this summer. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. Just shows your short term memory, John, is uh, not what it used to be.
2: Was there cricket on? I can't remember. One. <laughs>
0: So there's no such thing as a free podcast.
1: Who said? Well, John, come on. When was the last time you got a free lunch, I ask, other than I bought you a schnitzel (laughs) at the KB? That's true as well. So
0: here's a message from audio specialist agency Eardrum.
2: This week I'd like to play you one of the first ads Eardrum made after launching in Australia, and appropriately it's for Commercial Radio Australia. Uh, The campaign featuring comedian Mark Mitchell as That Radio Bloke ran for about 10 years and was one of the few campaigns that actually generated fan mail for the client. I think one of its strengths was that his character was so distinctive. When he started speaking, you immediately knew that he was going to be talking about radio. He was either going to be the butt of the joke or he was going to speak to someone who was also being a bit of an idiot. But the balance of entertainment and content meant that everyone was involved and entertained by the ads, whether you were target market or not. And it's a rare example of a long-running campaign that has an ongoing theme here in Australia. Some songs are quintessentially Australian, like Walsing Matilda and... um, It's the same with advertising. And the VB theme is an Aussie favourite. I spoke to VB's general manager, Matthew Keane. Firstly, congratulations on the Siren Award for your radio ads. Yeah, cheers, thanks. Why do you think they work so well? Well, the scripts were fantastic for starters, Mm. but it's that music that's the key. D minor, beautiful. Do, do. And with radio, people will do. hear it during the day when they're. they're pushing they're... a cow, milking us, something. When they're out and about? When they're out and about, yeah. And it's it's so familiar, they actually sing they along. They actually sing along. When they see, walk into a bottle shop, see it's, a bottle it's our shop. brand that's top of brand. mind. Top of mind, Vic. Victory Bitter. It's Victoria Bitter. Is it? I'm more of a rose man myself. <laughs> yeah, that'd be right. To find out how effective radio advertising can be for your brand, go to commercialradio.com.au. Yeah, actually, have you considered doing a club mix, sort of a dow, doof, doof? No. Ah, I miss that campaign.
0: Talk to Eardrum about your next radio campaign by emailing jessie, that's j-e-s-s-i-e, at eardrum.com.au. Mention B&T in the subject line and you'll get a pair of fancy noise-cancelling headphones for free with your first campaign.
2: I'd like some noise-cancelling headphones when I talk to David. <laughs> Thank you, John.
0: It's now my great pleasure to introduce our special guest for today. Kirsty Muddle was a founding partner at Sydney's Cummins & Partners, where she's been at the cutting edge of the creative landscape since 2011. She's also a passionate supporter of equality within media industry and a dear friend of BNTs. Welcome, Kirsty.
3: Delighted to be here, Daisy.
0: How's business at Cummins? It appears everyone's doing rather well at the moment. That's got to be a good sign.
3: Oh, I'm surprised. You know, we're doing we're doing so well because we're blithely innocent in terms of doing our own PR in the past kind of eight months or so. But we're doing like we we're, we're doing extremely well. We've had uh, you know pitch win um ratios of nine out of 10 pitches I think that, 20, that for the last 26 weeks of last year we won you know 225 thousand dollars worth of new business every week the the final 13 weeks of last year from a media point of view we added a million dollars of billings every week for 13 weeks like we, we it's It makes my heart beat faster because it's just so exciting in terms of the energy that we've got at the moment.
0: As Australia's biggest independent, it's kind of an obvious question, but what's your shtick to beat multinationals?
3: Independence. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I kid you not. Like yeah. it's sort of this, it's, it's well, no the- No
2: logical answers, please. <laughs> 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 we want some confusing word about Did you advertising think about that? answer. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's A logical answer.
3: It's, it, 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 there's, you know, we're proudly independent not only in our commercial structure, but in our thinking too, because we were quite a unique beast to begin with where we were full service, which means we had to create a whole culture around different faculties of the of the industry listening to each other and learning from each other to agree on something and then take it forward. Right. That's an incredibly hard thing to do. You can't just pull together indi- like different units into one house and then expect them to work together. They won't work together because mm. they speak different languages. That independent thinking is, is the thing, right? And also the independence in terms of we can be independent in our decision-making. Independence also makes us extremely agile, I, like, I make a decision. I don't need to go through 50 people, mm. you know, just sort of, you know, and we work that way. Mm. Sean, myself, someone else, whoever, in the room together going, what do we think? Right, bang, 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 make decisions, sign it off, let's move on. Mm. And we can do that. And I think clients are expecting, you know, more speed. They want speed and agility in, you know, not this, yeah. remember the old school sort of, Twelve weeks campaign end to campaign end. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's just smash through that.
1: M and C Saatchi call themselves independent. Would you consider them to be an independent agency?
3: How are they independent? <laughs> by structure. Yeah. But aren't they a global brand?
1: Yeah. I think it's an Australian franchise, though. Uh, oh, yeah. Still, they're
3: still you majority
1: know. owned by overseas. But they—that's on their. They call themselves. Do they
3: answer and report
2: to London? In there? Well, London, in there? if the they get any if they
3: get easy. any funding yeah. or capex from anyone, They're then, then no way. Like yeah. that's that's part. Like we honestly go to bed at night worrying. You know, we got to pay people. We're not going to get any capex fund from global to build this or do this or mm. do that. You know, it's yeah.
0: So it's a question you probably won't answer. You lost some serious talent when Adam Ferry left to launch. Thinkabelle, have, have you got a response to this and how, how did you respond to that as an agency and how did it affect the agency in the short term?
2: Well, you're just happy to see them go. He's just mm-hmm. – he's such a pain in the butt,
3: was not he? But mm-hmm.
2: well, he didn't do any work anyway. Adam's our guest next week, John, oh, so he? be careful, yeah. Well, he's probably speaking at 19 <laughs> conferences this week because he never <laughs> – the bludgeon never does any work. He
3: Look, speaks at you know, conferences. To, to, that, to that point, Adam I love you, by the way, Adam
2: is a personal friend of mine. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Adam's got a really strong brand and he works really hard at his brand. Like, he works mm. really hard at his brand. But, you know, at the end of the day when they left – we, you know, we've got a really strong, uh, I'll say, I can pro- uh, proof point this out, right? We've got a really strong culture and the the culture and the innovation, the stuff that Sean started at the very beginning in terms of being agile and quick and after they left, we've had the best winning streak that we've had since we opened. Mm-hmm. Our, our media department has grown for 400%. Like the, it's just we won nine out of ten pitches. So, there's, but we just don't get on that. We spend less time doing the PR and more time doing the work and that mm. annoys us a little bit yeah. that we don't have time and we don't have someone dedicated to PR. Mm. But, but it
2: annoys us as journalists because we've got to chase stories out <sighs> and when you, rather than you just sit as a presser.
1: Well, words, I'll so. walk
3: over next time. <laughs> yeah. but, how, but, how do you find
1: the, the, the clients are responding to you being, the, you know, a proper full-service agency with media and creative? Oh,
3: it, that's, a, you know, the, the, so when we first opened the agency – And, you know, to to be honest, it was Sean's idea. He went, we can't, starting this again, it can't be two creative guys sitting in a room. We need to bring creative and media back together. And with the Sorrel quote, putting the toothpaste back in, you know, in the tube. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone laughed at him. Like when we launched, uh, and I was only, you know, 30 then, but when we launched and I didn't have much experience of campaign brief, but looking at the comments underneath, they were just going, Sean you know you t- there's no way you know basically calling him out as a fool mm. but it's worked yeah. and and you know it was tough just because media and I set up the media division, so to to be you know to bill ourselves, not mm. white label through another um, agency, mm. and it was it took longer to set that up than it did just to be a creative agency. So it was a bit of a lag in terms of launching that product into market. Does does media bring all the money though? Isn't that what they say? You know, media's got all the cash. So, uh, media brings billings. Yeah you know but it doesn't but you look at what's happening to media agencies at the moment there's an erosion and a commoditization of how they can bill mm. so it's really hard to charge for media to cover the cost of the tools and the science and mm. let alone the people mm. but you know we fundamentally believe that the two should be together mm. and creative you know media should be as as creative as creative in terms of problem solving and just over the past you know 2 years we've we're now starting to really pick up from a media point of mm. view because clients are looking for something different
1: and how much programmatic are you guys doing now
3: a lot mm.
1: What percent and, would you would you hazard off? Oh, them? I don't have that in yeah. front of me, Dave. I can get that for that's you right. if you want. But, we're not that but, interested.
3: But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> to be honest, it bores the shit out of yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's your punishment. Being that's your punishment. If you misbehave, you get sent to a programmatic conference, <laughs> <laughs> a three-day programmatic conference. Yeah. So there's yeah, deadlines. I
3: think where we're, we're just a – I mean, just because of the nature of going from creative into media, we're always, always questioning – you know, the objective of using any single channel. And that's, you know, the independence of that has... Is, is that what the client wants?
2: Is that the client saying this?
3: No, that's we just don't. the way we work, oh, right. right? Because when you start from a creative journey and you're mapping out, a, you know, that journey, then you go, well, what do I need media to do? Mm-hmm. And does the message align from that? It's not, you know, who have I promised what to this year?
1: What do you think WPP will do now without Sir Martin at the helm?
3: That's such an interesting, interesting topic, Because – so I sat in a car with – so I worked for Mindshare and I worked in the CEO's office for a while and I've met Martin Sorrell many times. Mm -hmm. He knows every single detail about every single office. Like he is so ingrained in the business that I think that it will be – I think there's going to be a massive gap but I think that, you know, they've got the resilience to fight through that. It'll be a rough patch. I think they'll go through a cycle of three years where it might be a bit hard, but, you know, they've got some good thinkers in there that, yeah. from a commercial point of view, business mm. heads that I think will.
1: Yeah. And he's said he's coming back. He's taken it as an opportunity to, you know, reinvent himself. So, Has he? Yeah. We were talking about it earlier, but yeah. I
3: thought that was, I thought <coughs> that was just hyperbole, but mm. if it's true, that's really interesting.
2: mm. He's going to open a Red Rooster franchise. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Do you know what? I think, you know, the, the the entrepreneurial strength in him and the entrepreneurial strength in someone like Sean that just keeps on coming back and, you know, Sean is one of the only people that is in that a hall of fame that is still actually working in the business, solving mm-hmm. briefs. I think Sorrel and, you know, <laughs> is Sean, a, I don't doubt Sorrel for a second yeah. after knowing what Sean's capable of. Mm. Um. That's really interesting.
0: Yeah. I want to touch more on b Changing the Ratio. You've been actively, actively sorry, involved in the event. How can we turn these kind of industry initiatives into real action, do you think?
3: Turning it into real action is what we're doing, mm. to be honest. I think the first thing that we need to do, a lot of industries, not just ours, realise that they may have some imbalances. And that can be cultural, it could be gender, it could be, you know, LGBTI, like, whatever it is, but then finding the time to solve those problems um, in the priority of things that you have to do you sometimes gets shuffled out there because right? you need to focus on it. And something like changing the ratio gives everybody the opportunity to focus on that problem and find the answers together and share the answers, right? We very much went, okay, we see a problem in and around um, cultural balances. In the, We're underrepresented in terms of Chinese, Indian, et cetera, within our... like creative and media industries, Um, and we're a bit monocultural. So instead of just talking about it and why, you know, growing that pool of diversity actually brings energy to the work and creates, you know, broader perspectives on, um, you know, connecting with the Australian population, which is 49%, Mm -hmm. by the way, 49% at least second generation from somewhere else being China, um, and India mainly. Yeah, it's but certainly
2: that. a worthy course, But do you do you think that they're just going to get? You know, you bring a Chinese kid or an Indian kid a student in, an Australian with that background. I should rephrase that. They'll just become part of the system. It's you know.
3: That, that's a good it, thing. You know, we'll but come and be part of the system because what well, they'll bring but their perspective. Want, don't
2: we want mavericks here a bit more?
3: No, I well, think we just we need we need people with different perspectives in the industry. What they bring with them is a different lens potentially on like we're talking about problem solving at the end of the day, right? That's what we do as an agency. Client gives a problem, we solve it. Problems are best best solved when you're asking, not trying to find the answer, but asking the right questions to begin with. And the more people with diverse backgrounds you have in the room, the, the broader the problem space and the better the questions are asked in the first place. And if there's only a certain kind of construct in the room. Thinking construct and experience, then we're probably nowhere near as good at answering. Mm.
1: Do you want to tell us a little bit about the project you've been working on? We're going to reveal it, yeah. Yeah. So,
3: so project represent started out with us trying to, you know, not pay lip service to the fact that we wanted to, you know, bridge the close the gap between, you know, probably what's represented as cultural diversity in the Australian the Australian population and what actually serves in advertising agencies and media agencies. But instead of just talking about how good it would be and, the, and um, you know, the benefits of having diversity, we went and did something about it. And the the thing that we found is there's actually, you may want to attract different cultures into the advertising industry, but I don't think they want to be there at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so we had that hypothesis to begin with. And then we worked with O media who and we did a survey to three and a half thousand undergrad students studying anything um and what we found was that hypothesis was actually true. They don't want to work
2: in the advertising industry.
3: They don't look. At, they don't. They, it's not important. They don't think advertising is important. Is that a cultural thing? What's it's that? a cult. Yeah. It's, yeah. it, it's it's seemingly an, yeah. from the numbers. Is it's Asian a cult- kids Go and
2: do maths for example. it's yep. Generalisation, but
3: no. That's yeah. it. It's not respected within their communities to you work in to advertising. A doctor
2: or a lawyer or
1: an engineer. That's right. Because or that, or that's like what
3: that. one. Or they say they choose what they study, but also their parents have a big a big weighting on their decision Mm -hmm. and working in advertising isn't respected. So so that's the first barrier we need to remove. So we created an ad campaign that is talking about why advertising matters and that advertising actually, you know, solves problems um, that are commercial, solves problems that are for humanity like we spoke about before Mm -hmm. and that's out there at the moment. Mm -hmm. Second to that was once we try, and this isn't going to work just – you know, in two months, right? It'd be it's great, ongoing. It's a
2: great irony if the advertising industry can't advertise itself, I guess.
3: So this is yeah. the thing. This is this is this is the headline: we're advertising, advertising, essentially. Oh, like, right, I thunder, <laughs> no, I don't want to be copyright. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but so so we've been out in market, and we have had you know we've had an overwhelming response in Melbourne. Or was same waiting in different markets. In Sydney, it seems a bit more of a struggle. But what what we're trying to do is just get them into agencies. And we've had a number of agencies open their doors up to run workshops where they can come and experience what it's like to work in an advertising agency and solve a problem, essentially. And so that's where we're at. I mean, we've had PhD, we've got BMF, we've had TBWA, all the big agencies going, wow, we, we've been trying to do You know, we see we've been trying to recruit. We're having problems with recruiting and solving this problem. So everyone's jumped on board and, you know, it'll be from now till whenever we solve this problem, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really excited about seeing the work that comes out of the workshops on Saturday. I mean, we've got, we have some really interesting applicants that is a forty-eight. You know, one of them from a forty-eight-year-old woman that's worked in um, a creative agency in China. who Has been here for ten years. Had to take a different kind of job because she couldn't get a job that's coming. Versus a twenty-one-year-old that's studying humanities at the moment, but feels that there's something in this area that she wants. If she's Korean, and then there's a Brazilian girl, and it's just I just I, and they're all focusing around the same. Kellogg's Brief that we've got a, a Kellogg's Brief mm. for the students to work on and I'm just excited about seeing the output. Fantastic.
0: Okay well that just about wraps things up. Kirsty, thanks kindly for your terrific insights and in putting up with Dave and John's insistent questionings and interjections.
3: Thanks.
2: <laughs> David you were an I harrison. welcome. David, I welcome you, it. Could, yeah. You were fantastic John. I thought John was fantastic. John you were wonderful mm. as always.
0: So that's all from us at B&T. Keep living the dream. Until next time.